Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. I am your host, Manny G, joined by the amazing, incredible, great, awesome, super shiny, and about to get uh, surgery, Andy. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. Just here. That's cool. So I hear you're going to have surgery and you're getting a bionic arm. Is that true? (laughs) I'm getting a bionic schnauzer. Oh, nice. That is that is pretty cool, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little jealous. Like I wish I could smell like further and like more effectively. So yeah. you're getting a couple more nostrils in, is that right? I, that's correct. That's right. It'll give me the ability to breathe underwater. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I was gonna say that uh it's gonna make it hard to function when it's raining. Because you have <laughs> if you have nostrils on the top of your nose now. Yes. Probably going to drown. You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not. They're, these nostrils I'm getting are not just cosmetic, bro. They they actually serve a purpose. Awesome. Well, best of luck with that, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's it's just like a, it's an office surgery. So it's not, it's like an outpatient, nothing crazy. Oh, okay. So everything hopefully should be good. No, uh, no do-it-yourself kit? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. They don't make those yet, but. Okay. All right. I just thought Danny could uh, could uh, hook you up with a nose surgery at, at the yeah, dinner right. table. Right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, cool, man. Hey, Andy. Yes. How has your adventurous week in gaming been, buddy? Uh, good, man. Um, let's see. Did I do anything other than Warframe? Is the question here? Uh, and no, no, I don't believe I have. Uh, I've been really busy in Warframe, dude. I've really yeah, been. Oh yeah. Soaking it up, bro. Just crushing, just getting into parts of the game that I had not up to this point. Um, like farming relics, selling stuff on the trade chat. That has become my new occupation on the frame. Cause let's, let's uh, be honest. If you're going to play a game like that without spending money, it's going to be an occupation. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, but that game's so much fun, man. I've, I've really, gotten into the nooks and crannies of it uh playing with my my awesome warframe buddies oh but dude we also we also had our first uh dungeons and dragons thing oh yeah (laughs) did we did that i guess that yeah yeah pathfinder Mm -hmm. yeah we're getting together to play some pathfinder Mm -hmm. on and i think monday tomorrow again we we just made our characters last monday Faden yes. is the dungeon master. I have master. no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm a samurai. Nice. Yeah, and I think I think I'm going to be a monk. And I'm I'm telling you, dude, Faden better be the best DM on the planet or else I'm going to quit. Like I've been looking at YouTube videos of other DMs. Yeah. And I'm like taking notes. I'm like, "All right, Faden, you have a high bar." Yes. So- <laughs> I imagine him wearing his like when he, when he says he's the dungeon master, I I imagine him wearing like a like a wizard hat and like a big robe. Oh, yes. He puts on his fake big long beard, you know. Little- <laughs> I hope he can do voices. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. He gets into character. We'll it's see, man. Be fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm actually excited about it. So good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be great, man. Mm-hmm. 
And I, dude, I have to give a shout out. I, I don't have permission to use his, the name that everybody knows him by. So I'm just going to call him Mr. Ramirez. Okay. Mr. Ramirez have, has uh, purchased me a copy of Destiny Shadowkeep. Oh yeah, that's right. So you were mentioning. That, yeah. That sucker is pre-ordered now. And, oh, that's um, awesome, dude. I guess I'm playing Destiny, dude. Crazy. I, you he know never what? Thought I, it have, happen. I have not uh done any of the pre-order stuff i suppose i should because we already made the proclamation that that was going to be the return of andy and manny (laughs) playing the same game again so i need to hurry up and do that man yeah yeah, dude it looks really good it looks like the game but the game is 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 going to be awesome right there there's a lot Mm. of communication happening there so they did i'm really pumped for that game man i i hope it uh it turns out to be what everybody wants it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to cover that. Like Luke Smith had this three part forum post, gave all kinds of details about the mm-hmm. game, the future and stuff, but check out our friends like uh potato thumbs. Destiny. Oh, yeah, Reset. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we've still have a lot of friends that do destiny centric yes. podcasts. So go, go check them out for that info. They are more informed than we are. So yes, yes definitely do that. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Well, speaking of Thaden, he uh, gave us this story and he wanted us to talk about it. Okay. And it's kind of a, it's in the realm of gaming, not not necessarily a gaming story, but it's about YouTube. I don't know how many hours I spend on YouTube. Oh, dude, yeah. Every day, I guess, dude. I don't know, dude. I watch a lot of videos. You pay for but, the premium too, right? Uh, YouTube, Red. Yeah, yeah. Now I now I don't want to now, now that it's out in the open. Should probably get rid of it. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to out you. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. But anyways, this story comes to us from The Verge, and it's about YouTube. They're testing these larger thumbnails. So YouTube is experimenting with making video thumbnails much larger on its homepage, according to several screenshots that appeared on Twitter and Reddit that morning, the morning of this article. The homepage design seen in the image below, which... This is a podcast, and you can't actually see it, but just just believe me. <laughs> just imagine one. <laughs> yeah, look just down, imagine. Look down, and then imagine an image. There, there you go. They, they changed quite a bit from the current setup. Videos are no longer grouped by categories. Fewer videos appear in a line for people to scroll through, and yes, the thumbnails are noticeably larger. So this is kind of funny because... Yes, it kind of affects people's experience on YouTube, I think. And a lot Mm. of people aren't necessarily happy with it for the most part. But The Verge was able to get a statement from a YouTube spokesperson. And the person said, currently testing a new homepage layout to improve the watch experience for our users. So they're just testing things, apparently. This isn't like live for everyone. It's just for some random people, I guess. I don't know. But... it looks like from the screenshots, it looks a lot like the iOS app, kind of how, how it just works on my phone. And 99% of the time that I'm watching YouTube, it's on my phone. Like I, even a lot of times I'm sitting at my desk and I pull up my phone to watch a YouTube video. So I don't know, man, this, this mm. change is, is kind of, um, honestly, it's, it's kind of common. Like I think These companies, especially Google, they're always changing things for their own reasons. They have a lot of data, a lot of information. They want to increase engagement. And that's kind of the name of the game, conquer everybody's time. 
So they think, hey, this works really, really well on mobile. Mobile engagement is really, really high. Let's see what happens if we change the PC um, version to look a bit more like the iOS app. And that's what I suspect is going on here. But obviously nobody likes it because they're Google. Yeah, dude, UI can be such a weird thing to mess with too, right? Like, yes, uh, because you're all, it, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit, you know, and then yeah. we're, unless it's something where people are like just in an uproar, like, oh, the UI looks awful. But <laughs> man, I mean, it just, it's always, it's always a point of contention, right? I mean, yes, you know, whenever, um, Microsoft did the UI UI change with um, with Windows 8, right? Yes. Oh gosh. Vista. Yeah. Remember, let's lest we forget Windows Vista. <laughs> that was a huge like. I mean, and so it, dude, like, if you change the UI, it had better be a home run. Like, there mm -hmm. is no wiggle room there. So, um, yeah, it's always going to be a rough start. We'll see. Um, but. I don't know. It's like you said, right? I, I'm the same here. I always look at YouTube on uh, mobile and, um, you know, if they change that UI, man, I don't know, dude. I, I think I prefer the way the way they have it now, you know, and I, I like the grouped videos. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, UI is always really tricky. Even with games where the UI is kind of broken and not so great, you kind of get used to it. You get mm -hmm. used to where everything is. Right. And then if they change it with some kind of update, then you're like, where is this? Where is this? So yeah. it's UI is something that you just have to nail right out the gate. Yes. Because yeah. if you don't and you have to change it a lot, then people are going to be mad at you. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. No, I don't. I don't want it. And uh, hey, there is actually there is something real quick. It's not in the notes that I wanted to mention real fast. I forgot. About it, but uh, like I said last week, the World of Warcraft Classic is coming out really, really soon, and and it's funny, Andy, because I knew this thing was going to be extremely popular. Mm -hmm. There's actually a post right now on their forums. The developers have reached out to the community because they allowed you to create your character and choose your realm, so they kind of get an idea of where the population is going to be, and they're kind of blown away. Like there's so many people. And they're, they're definitely adding more and more servers, but there's so many people that they're warning and saying, hey, you need to switch up to some of these lower pop servers because you're going to be sitting in a queue where there's 10,000 people waiting. Oh, and wow. you potentially can just be sitting there to get into the server for days. Like seriously. Yeah. Like it's it crazy. Days. A lot of people where, yeah, you're just not going to be get, uh, be able to play. And it's funny because I remember when I was playing Warcraft, I was playing on a on a fairly um, well. One of the servers I was I played in was really high population, so there was just always wait times. So you, I would like come home, I would log in, and then I would just have dinner with my family and do all this stuff. And hours and hours later in the night, I'd be a little closer to actually getting into the server. Like there were so many people trying to get into the stinking server, uh -huh. but there's always a bunch of other servers that like you could just get in right away. So the idea is to kind of follow the crowd where you want to be on a high pop server because you want to be where all the action is. So that's, yeah. that's kind of what's going down right now. And I just thought it was really funny because it's just so much like the original Warcraft experience where you're just going to be waiting to even have the chance to play. And it, it just seems like history is repeating itself. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. That's uh, that's crazy, man. But that's that's super cool, man. It's cool that uh, that the game. That's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think I honestly think that I'm just gonna try and get myself busy to where I'm just not gonna participate as much as I want to, and as much as I want to hook up with old friends and and stuff. It's just a crazy, crazy time sink. Like you'll yeah. you'll you'll be there forever, just trying to level your character up to max, and then. And then all the activities you do at the end are, you know, you need, I need 25 people to do this. And so, yeah, I'm, I might just stay away. We'll see. And you want to suck me into that madness. <laughs> just for a little bit. Just yeah. so you can experience No it. way. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but any, this next story is pretty interesting. Uh, Phil Spencer, he had an interview with GameSpot and he confirmed something that I thought was pretty sure but he says that there's no plans for a streaming console, a dedicated streaming console anytime mm. soon. Okay. But remember, we kind of, uh, we thought this was going to happen, right? Where yeah. there's all these rumors and stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. dude, tell us the deets, man. All right. So f- from GameSpot, uh, we are not working on a streaming only console right now. We're looking at the phone in your pocket as the destination for you to stream. And the console that we have allows you to play the games locally. Um, so that sounds like a pretty definitive, um, (laughs) set of circumstances, right? Like, uh, they are not working on streaming Mm -hmm. only, I guess, unless you're thinking about your phone being (laughs) the streaming only. So, so like uh, the idea is project X cloud is their streaming service. And I guess the original idea was that, uh, they were going to just make a cheap box that you, just stream to at home where you don't need a console Mm -hmm. similar to what Google Stadia is doing. You just need basically a Chromecast and a monitor or a TV Mm -hmm. and then you're good to go. But Microsoft is extremely smart. They've already said that this type of technology, they're like, this is supplementary, have Mm -hmm. proper expectations. This isn't going to take over your, your gaming rig whatsoever. It's good. It's fun. It works. And, and it's going to be really positive for, for a certain type of person in a certain circum, certain circumstances, but it's just not going to be the end all be all of gaming. And they're kind of setting that, that expectation now. And it's, it's funny because this is kind of opposite of what Google's doing. Yeah. They want you to stream everything. They're trying to say, Hey, console gaming, PC gaming is dead. Dead long live streaming right so that's their entire business but if uh if phil spencer's to be believed here that business is probably not going to work out for the majority of gamers so this is kind of an interesting thing because i was sure we were going to see this uh streaming only box but i guess i was wrong now let's let's put on our speculation hats shall okay. we uh do you think that the overall reception to Google Stadia has anything to do with that? Mm, That's a good question. I I don't. And I think that it's just simply the technology that Mm -hmm. has informed them of this decision. Right. Let's say if they were in the past working on a streaming only box. Mm -hmm. I just think that within testing, they just found, you know what? This isn't going to work. We can't sell a product where we say this is, this is all you need. And it turned out that, Hey, it's not all you need. It's not as as reliable as a as a console. Well, and then certainly if if maybe they're running into the issue of like, hey, you know what? 
this will work, but you've got to have like the most awesome internet and you're going to eat up a lot of data if you're on, you know, if you're going to exceed your cap, (laughs) then maybe they're like coupled with, you know, what Google is going through right now. It, Mm -hmm. It might be. It might be a little of both, right? Like, yes, we could do it, but ooh, it doesn't seem like people are crazy about that idea. So, yeah, I wonder if it'll be like one of those features that isn't marketed, right? Where like we we get this stuff, right? It's it's live. The new console's out. Xbox X Cloud is working, and mm-hmm. then you know you're like, oh, I mean, if I have awesome internet, I could just stream my games. Look, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean, so mm-hmm. who knows? I, mean, I hope it works really, really well. But man, the just the latency is such a monster, especially in the United States with the current infrastructure we have for the majority of the country. You know, there's a lot of other countries where this will probably work pretty well. But oh man, I guess <laughs> wait and see, Look, right? <laughs> our Chinese, our Chinese overlords are going to give us five G here pretty soon, so we'll be fine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, come on, Huawei. Bring come on, Huawei. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, also, he had a little bit more, Phil, that is, had a little bit more to say about Scarlet Manny. Oh, yes. I think the area that we really want to focus on next generation is frame rate and playability of the games, Spencer said. Ensuring that the games load incredibly fast, ensuring that the game is running at the highest frame rate possible. We're also in the Windows company. So we see the work that goes on for PC and the work that developers are doing. People love 60 frames per second games. So getting games to run at 4K 60 uh, FPS, I think will be a be a real design goal for us. And that makes total sense, right? I mean, that yeah. seems like we've all been, not me, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I Frames and Ks <laughs> are not as high on my list. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like you, you're all about, you know, getting just that, that really crystal clear pristine picture for responsiveness right for your ability to to kind of really make the most of your gaming experience and i'm i'm primarily a console gamer Mm -hmm. Uh, i do have a gaming pc that i play pc games on but my my main monitor is you know it's a 4k 60 hertz monitor so for the xbox to actually match what my hardware can do that'd be amazing and i think this is a good idea as far as a benchmark goes because we're getting 4K 30 frames now on the Xbox One X for the most part. So for this to be like the standard, every game has to run at 4K and 60 frames minimum. I think that's really, really good going forward because it really demonstrates that this new hardware that's coming at the end of the next year is something worth thinking about and worth picking up. Especially if somebody is thinking about building a gaming PC but doesn't like the whole having to deal with different, you know, you got to deal with like a dozen different vendors for different parts, make Mm -hmm. sure that they all work together, make sure that things are updated all the time, worry about your own warranty work because you're not going to really have much of warranty if you're building it yourself. So there's all these different hoops and things that, that a PC gamer has to think about that a console gamer just really doesn't. They just buy the box and it works, Mm -hmm. but you know, people who buy the box and want it to just work, that doesn't mean that they just want a lesser experience either. Right. So there's a lot of people that are looking forward to to seeing these greater advancements. But honestly, what I would really like to see is that they really push higher frame rates. And they already talked about that. They want to push it up to, you know, beyond 100 frames a second, which is really great because a lot of monitors, they just they display that. 
but consoles are mainly purchased for televisions for the most part. So it is going to be more common to see a television that's 4K and that ha- that's capable of 60 hertz than a television that's capable of, of like 120 hertz, 140 hertz. Yeah. You're, just, you're just not seeing that unless you're playing on a monitor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think that there's still a long way to go. And I just hope their engineers are able to accommodate people with televisions and accommodate people with high-end monitors as well. Well, we'll see, man. Just around yeah. the corner, right? Just around the corner. And that's, I mean, it's 4K, 60 frames. That's a pretty good benchmark to hit. Sounds like, I yeah, guess. it sounds like you're saying should hopefully be the minimum. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what Phil is saying here, but um, mm. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, man, they're committed to that. So I, I am I am sure that that is something that they're going after pretty hard. And, and I have faith. I have faith that they'll be able to pull it off well. Yeah, so. I think so, too. So, Andy, we got a little follow-up story about the new Nintendo Switch. Mm. But before that, there's this interesting leak from Reset Era via, via a Game Informer article. But on Reset Era Forum, there's a user named Link83. Uh, he said this, mm-hmm. I set up an alarm for any new Nintendo FCC ID filings and just received a new one. According to a PDF in the filing, there is a controller that looks just like the Super Nintendo Entertainment System controller. So it's for the Switch. So it looks like we'll be getting an SNES online virtual console sometime soon, along with this new Bluetooth controller. And that's Mm. from that that, uh, post from Link83. But the Game Informer article goes on to say... At a recent investor Q&A, Nintendo indicated that the company is looking to expand their Switch online offerings, which might be the addition of these Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's an FCC filing. It's just a PDF. We don't even have any pictures. But it pretty strongly indicates that there's going to be a Bluetooth version of the SNES controller. And mm-hmm. why would you do that unless you're going to have SNES games? And it's and it makes it clear that it's for the Switch. So this is like, to me, this is like a no brainer. And I've always thought this is the direction the switch needs to go. They need to bring back their entire old library mm-hmm. and make it current because like Nintendo has so much love and so much history with their fans. But a lot of that history is buried in consoles like the super Nintendo entertainment system. Yeah, old, older consoles for sure. Um, yeah, it, it totally makes sense that they would bring that stuff uh, to the switch platform. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, man. It's, it's interesting how, uh, the controllers, how they're going to pull off the control, the controls for that. Right. And, yeah. and so it, it sounds like this, you know, this new Bluetooth controller, maybe to, to give folks that authentic feel, mm-hmm. um, and then just, just get more mileage out of such a versatile little machine, man. I always say that, that, that switch impresses the heck out of me you know like it doesn't do any of the yeah. the high tech stuff that i think you know like you we were just talking right mm-hmm. that that, like, that you like out of your consoles but it is it does so many things well right not not excellent but well and i yes. and, and there's just so much that you can get out of a little console like that and you know this is just one more thing yeah. uh, that they can throw into their their offerings man which it can only be a good thing you know 
Mm-hmm. And I was I was reading an article on NintendoLife.com. I think it's .com. And uh, they were talking about, this article was talking about which games they would like to see come mm-hmm. out of this. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of reminded by some of these games I'd forgotten about. Super Mario World, Star Fox 2, Super yes, Metroid, Metroid, The Legend yeah. of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Fire Emblem, The Mystery of the Emblem. Like these are really amazing games that mm-hmm. people just love and have like these great memories of. Oh, but yeah, dude. yeah, bringing them back on the Switch, that'd be amazing. Playing it forward, right? Playing it playing it forward uh yes the super nintendo and then you know just keep going right gamecube and and uh and you know just some of the other stuff there was an n64 nintendo 64 was i was thinking i'm sorry Mm -hmm. nintendo 64 um that that little console was probably man and as far as my recollection goes that was probably where they really hit their stride man because they had some amazing games for that console you know yeah um, so yeah, dude, this, uh, we'll see, we'll see if they're able to pull this off and how well they do. And then, you know, mm-hmm. see what the future has for them. Yeah. I think, I think the switch has just the really bright future. Like the light is coming out to so the, the smaller, like hundred dollars less mm-hmm. version. That's going to be, I, I bet that'll be a pretty big hit for mm-hmm. people who want it. Right. Yeah. And then after that, probably the switch pro or whatever, the, the souped up one that is rumored, that but it's still for. just a rumor at this point. But that brings us to that story that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, how there was going to be a new Switch SKU that drastically improves the battery life. Mm-hmm. And there's this story over on tomsguide.com. They they have a copy of the new Switch. They have the old one. And they just uh, they turned on a, um, Smash Bros. Ultimates, and mm-hmm. they just played it to see how long the battery would last. The... The new Nintendo Switch lasted for about four and a half to five hours longer before it actually turned off. That's that's a pretty huge increase for battery life. Four and a half hours or four hours and 50 minutes yeah. uh, exactly is what he said in the article. That's a pretty, pretty huge increase in battery life. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's that's uh, that's awesome, man, that they're um, just improving the technology. And I think what's... What's interesting is that it's not even a new battery. It's the exact same battery. The only thing that they changed was the GPU. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, the, the CPU. Mm-hmm. So just with that different chipset inside, the battery efficiency kind of went through the roof. Nice, dude. But Andy, let's move on to uh, just a little bit of epic game news. Oh, boy. Again. This can go either way, man. <laughs> Although it seems like lately. <laughs> this could be this good news go. or bad yeah. news. But, Andy, tell us about this whole Borderlands situation. All right. Here we go. PC Gamers N. If you need to play the PC version of Borderlands 3, the instant it launches, here's a bit of bad news. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the Epic Game Store uh, will not support preloading by the Borderlands 3 release date. Epic boss Tim Sweeney, who's a real sweetheart, has confirmed the news on Twitter, which will no doubt add yet another dose of gasoline to the burning fire (laughs) of discourse around the platform. In response to a fan's inquiry, Sweeney tweets, I'm sorry, we won't have... uh, I'm sorry, we won't have support for preloading in the Borderlands release timeframe. 
preloading does technically exist for some third-party titles on the store, but Sweeney follows up to say it's complicated. We've released support for file preloading, which is sufficient for some games, but we aren't certain it's up to the, ta- to the demands of a blockbuster like Borderlands. While a lack of features... Uh, comparable to Steam has has been one of the chief complaints against the Epic Store. The company's been pretty slow to close the gap. A wide selection of updates noted on the store's ro- roadmap have been delayed, including player time tracking, patch size improvements, and a broader store redesign. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this kind of stinks, man, because if you're excited, if you have uh, taking time off and you're going to be playing on PC, you have to use the Epic Game Store and you just, you can't even, you know, as soon as, boom, release comes, you get to download the game. Boom. Race is starting. Okay. Put your shoes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, for someone like me, I am like, okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, like, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Next help- week. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, dude. It's. It's it's going to be a large game. It's going to be a large file, and you can't download it until the game is actually released on PC, which is which is terrible. Like this is ridiculous. Like I don't even see how this is fine with Tim Sweeney and all of his billions of dollars. This doesn't make any sense to me. Why they didn't just figure out a way to get a pre-download to work for this game? This this makes no sense to me. I just picture Tim Sweeney right now sitting down, trying like his best to mimic what like uh sympathy or empathy should look like <laughs> and then just kind of handing you like hundred dollar bills to wipe your tears with you know <laughs> oh i'm so sorry here wipe your tears with this this is the one i use <laughs> man but this article is right because it does just add gas to the fire yeah man and and it's not just like oh get over it exclusives you know it's it's so much more than that and you know we've talked a lot about it but everything from like the whole thing where like uh, users' accounts were uh, were leaked, where there's like millions of people who who had all their data leaked, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like stuff like that. It's like ugh, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. And, and in case you didn't know about that, like where where uh, lots and lots of Fortnite players, I think it's like up in the millions of people had their information stolen. You might not know about that because guess what? Epic Game Store decided not to tell anybody. So there's a class action lawsuit right now for this leaked information. And it's, it's just like, there's all these little fires yeah. and it, and none of it is good. And there's, I forgot the name of the developer, but there's a, a story up on Reddit right now about a developer who was approached by Epic games. They wanted them to be exclusive to their store. They refused. They said, no, we, we don't actually want to be exclusive, but we'd like to be featured on your store. Well, Epic said, no, that's okay. We only are looking for exclusive deals right now. You cannot be a part of our store. Mm. And it's like, oh my gosh, dude, they're, they're definitely playing a game that, um, that customers just simply don't like. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it, it, it doesn't <laughs> appear to be getting any better for them either. So it doesn't. Um, but you know, if you can get over that kind of stuff, they do give away like free games. Yeah. So there's a lot of free games they give away like over time, right? It's like a couple here and there. So if, if you can like get over stuff like this and this kind of like press against Epic games doesn't really bother you, then um, don't miss out on all that free stuff that they're just giving away. 
How do they how do they afford all this stuff, dude? Like it's you know all these exclusives and then just giving stuff away. Like at some point, like they've got to be like you know this is this is a lost cause, you know. Yeah. Well, when when half of the fourteen year olds on in the entire globe are uh, using their parents' credit cards to buy Fortnite skins, then then there's that's a lot of money to work with. I know my my kids are actually cycled back onto oh, Fortnite. No. They have they? been off of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're right back in there, man. They're, he my my uh, my youngest is actually you know my my setup is in my closet. Yeah, uh, and they have since set up their gaming station in his closet. In my youngest, oh he's really? Got a, yeah, he's got a, he's got the real estate for it. Uh, so they both set it up in there. They put a you know little stand there for the TV and the, everything. So he's he's right now on the other side of the wall of me. I told him, "Hey man, you better keep it down, okay? I'm recording." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, that's uh, how man. they do it, buddy. That's how they do it. Yeah, lots of money coming in for huh? Fortnite, and they're just like, you know what? Fortnite's gonna last however long it lasts. We need to get this store going, yeah, and we need to make it as big as possible before all that Fortnite money dries up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the strategy. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. I thought it was, if it ain't broke, don't break it. <laughs> well, <laughs> they can't seem to do that either. So, <laughs> so oh, Andy, we had this other story real quick here about mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of developers leaving their respective companies for greener pastures. The great exodus of 2019. So at first I thought we were going to talk about Ben Irving leaving Anthem. Mm-hmm. And then I thought we were going to talk about uh, Tim uh, uh, Longo leaving as the creative director for Halo Infinite. So I kind of thought, wow, we're going to have just a conversation about what potentially this could mean. And there's, you know, a lot of speculation that we could go through. But we also learned about the lead producer for Dragon Age 4 leaving um, Bioware as well. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Guerrilla Games losing staff. So it's it's kind of like, you know, instead of talking about all these individual things, mm-hmm. I think it's just like, you know what? This may be cause for alarm for certain situations, but oh, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it could just be the way the way it goes. Like there mm-hmm. might not be any reason to be alarmed whatsoever, but I don't know. A part of me just wants to worry about Bioware. Um, the fact that Ben Irving left Anthem, the fact that um, that Dragon Age 4 le- lost their lead producer as well, Fernando Milo, M-E-L-O. Mm-hmm. Melo. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, Andy, what is what does this make you? How does this make you feel, Andy? Um. Well, dude, I mean, look, some of these are a little bit close to home for me, obviously. Right. I, I'm I am a despite. You know, everything that's been going on with Anthem. I'm a huge <laughs> uh-huh. fan. I am a yeah, huge yeah. fan of that game. I really love the mechanics of that game. I'm, you know, certainly was hoping for a resurrection of sorts for for it. You know, this obviously for me is a bit alarming, mm-hmm. especially especially given the history of EA and Bioware yeah. with some of their previous troubled launches, right? Um, mm, yeah. But then you see like the the... the you know, the list of people that are making similar moves. And I don't know, man, maybe it's maybe, you know, we've known and we've covered the fact that, uh, you know, there's there's just at all at different levels. There's there seems to be a lot of movement when it comes to gaming studios. Right. Yeah. Um, and so maybe this is just a, a natural sort of 
thing that happens, right? They, you know, they finish up their contract or they see their vision of what they, you know, they had when they first came in play out. Something better comes along. They move on. Some of these may be driven by the fact that maybe they didn't have as much success as mm-hmm. perhaps they anticipated. Yeah. Um, who knows, man? Uh, I think Archimedes brought up a really good point, you know, when when he mentioned uh, in the chat, we we had been talking about this and he, he mentioned something about console generations, you know, starting to kind of wind down a little bit. And so it seems to be sort of a, a, a good reboot for some of these uh, guys to move on to other companies start new projects in preparation for what's to come that may have something to do with it you know yeah. um but you know it's hard to say you know with yeah. so many so much movement happening uh, i definitely think that uh gaming the gaming industry is on if not already is on the precipice of like major change right something mm-hmm. has to happen like from top to bottom or from bottom to top, however you want to see it, whether it's restructuring how we, how we transact with them, we, the, the consumer, them, the business, um, whether it's a lot of sort of, uh, you know, talk about gaming in general, violence in gaming, you know, uh, the loot box, uh, fiasco, gaming's being delivered, or gaming's games being delivered undercooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much happening, man. And I think that there definitely has to be, you know, there has to be some sort of change, right? To In order yeah. for it to to, main, to maintain, uh, sus- to stay sustainable for us mm-hmm. and for them, right? Yeah. So, who knows? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe I'm looking way too deep into it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know because it could be a number of things. But we do know that like 343 Industries, they are going through like a major revamp or something they're they're changing their whole studio and uh, the creative director tim largo who has recently left uh 343 he was actually moved away from that position just recently uh we don't know what position he went to but apparently he wasn't happy there so he left the company so that is a little worrisome for a game that's launching in one year mm-hmm. but that's still plenty of time to to make halo infinite exactly what it needs to be uh, within a year. So I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly think that anything we say is just going to be speculation. Speculation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man, it's, it's just, it's just a rocky road. I think this whole industry is, is pretty tough to, to -hmm. really make it in and to to find a place where, you know, not only are you going to make an amazing game and you're going to have a, a, a job that's really fulfilling for you and take care of all your family needs, but it also has to have that work-life balance as well so that you could actually see your children growing up mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's, it's, it just seems like a really tough place to be. Yeah, for sure. Definitely not for the faint of heart, mm. <laughs> but lastly, Andy, let's talk a little bit about this apex story. Oh boy. I didn't want to cover this story. Like I didn't want to talk about it, but it it is it's turning into a massive deal and mm-hmm. it's just not great. <laughs> so if if you didn't know, Apex Legends, they kind of released this new cosmetic events and people are just really not happy about it. They did a release like their solo queue and stuff, and there's all this drama about how uh, people are teaming up in solo queue to kind of win matches, and, and it's just not cool, and they can't figure out how to stop it. But let's talk a little bit about this specific uh, 
events. It's called the, the Iron Crown Collection events. And they're limited cosmetics that you could kind of uh, grab. The pinnacle of this whole event is the, the Bloodhound Heirloom Raven's Bite. It's just an item that you can have and it's and it's all cosmetic, right? Mm. The whole the whole event, the whole, it's not even. I don't even know if you could call it an event. It's basically just like it's a shop. Basically, mm-hmm. they've opened up a new store with lots of stuff, and let's celebrate by you guys uh, buying Give, stuff, giving us money. Yeah, exactly. And the only other heirloom, uh, to my knowledge, now I haven't been involved in Apex, so I've, if I get any of these numbers wrong, or or if I say the wrong word, if I say heirloom or legendary, uh, forgive me. And uh, you can correct me if you want, but I just haven't played Apex for a while. But the only other heirloom that I'm aware of is the one from uh, Wraith, which looks incredible, looks really amazing. I remember playing with Thaden, some Apex. He got the Wraith heirloom, and uh, everybody is really jealous because it's super rare. But after you open up 500 loot boxes, then your next one will be the heirloom. Um, so there is that like assurance, but man, 500 is kind of a high number. So for this event, the Iron Crown event, there's 24 different items that you can collect. You can collect two via gameplay, but the rest are something you have to purchase. So once you've collected all 24, you've acquired all of them, then you now have the ability to purchase this uh, Raven's Bite heirloom for like 30 or 35 bucks. So all in all, the whole thing, if you're a, if you're a bloodhound main, main and this, this cosmetic item really, really uh, pulls at you and you really want it, you're going to end up spending about $170 for this cosmetic item, right? You get a whole bunch of stuff on the road there, but that's, that's pretty high, right? Yeah, it's crazy, man. So like the big deal here, like why, why is this a big deal? It's a free to play game. The big deal is that Respawn kind of broke a promise with this whole event. They they promised that they would not ever have their game be like this, to where they're targeting the whales, they're targeting people who have a lot of money, and they're making it all about the cash through manipulation. They promised they wouldn't do that. And they broke the promise with this event. That's why it's a big deal. So yes, you can say, hey, it's a free-to-pay game. Who cares? It's just cosmetic. Well, most uh, most of the player base don't think that way, and Respawn themselves don't think that way. So Andy, can you tell us uh, what, what Drew McCoy said over on the EA uh, blog? On the EA blog post, at launch, we made a promise to players that we intend to do monetization in a way that felt fair and provided choice to the players on how they spent their money and time. A core decision during development of Apex Legends was that we wanted to make a world-class battle royale game in quality, depth, progression, and important for today's conversation, how we sell stuff. With the Iron Crown event, we missed the mark when we broke our promise by making Apex packs the only way to get that to get what many consider to be the coolest skins we've released. That's kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's an apology letter, right? But it's yeah. it's clear. I mean, they know exactly what they're doing. This is mm-hmm. EA. They've been doing this forever. So this is just a good case of EA yet again going whaling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just fishing for people with deep pockets to get their money. Does this grab you as a sincere apology here? I don't I don't know, man. I'm really conflicted about what I read here. Man, uh, 
Dude, when it comes to those guys, it's hard to say, right? Like the developers, mm-hmm. I tend to believe more, you know, because they're they're their baby, you know, is what I think. I think they care about more, right? Sure. Um, but when it comes to like the the actual, uh, what do you call them? When it comes to the publishers, man, it um, it's a different story, right? Because I think like they're just it's just buzzwords like, oh, we're sorry, we did this, you know. Th- this is the template. For the apology, are you ready? Yes. Hey, uh, we're really sorry that we did that thing that you guys told us not to ever do again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we said that we were never going to let this happen, and that we were going to see if we could do it in a different, more fair way that felt like you know your time and money were respected. We missed this time, but we promise that we're going to learn from this <laughs> and do better next time. Yeah. And then you know just put that in a, on a loop, fill in the blanks, you know change a few words here and there. That's your that's your apology. <laughs> yeah. This this is definitely a pattern. You set the price ridiculously high. Mm-hmm. When people complain, then you say you re- you're listening, you made a mistake, and then you lower the price, but the price is still really high. Oh yeah. It's not as high, but it's right. still pretty high and then you just yeah. leave it there. That's, that's the trick, right? That's, that's the strategy. So, you know, they're, they're being caught doing this. They apologize to the community. So they said that they're going to change things up just a little bit. (laughs) So these, these, uh, these different items that you have to collect first, they're going to be on a rotation, a two day rotation. So you have a two day window to, instead of just through the loot boxes where you can just buy the items outright. And they're around $20. So you're spending a ridiculous amount of money and they're, and they're using this whole, uh, this whole, uh, fear of missing out where it's on a a limited rotation, two days only. You have Mm -hmm. to buy this if you want to avoid the, the, the loot boxes. Any, this still seems to me like it's a manipulation tactic to get people to part with their money. For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think by this point we've all seen that that just atrocious video of uh, of uh, that guy who was oh yeah putting dude. on the presentation. Let's go whaling. I guess it was. Yeah, it was. yeah, that was uh, his first slide. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. man. And you just, you know, it's funny because you see this sort of play out, and you're like, yeah, oh yeah, they're doing it there. That's yeah. exactly what they're doing with this. So it's just, it's gross, man. I look, I think. It takes, for me, it takes a while to say, you know what? I trust this developer. I'm happy with what they provided me for free. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them some money. In this case, I think the decision is really easy, right? It's yeah. their cosmetics. We're all grownups. And ultimately, no one is holding a gun to our head, a literal gun to our head, right? Yeah. Although they are manipulating our psychology. Exactly. Um you know, no one's truly, no one is forcing our hand, right? If you are True. aware, I think, you know, <laughs> our good uh, friends, you know, the inter- internet provocateurs um, <laughs> have done a good job of putting the information out there, right? Whether, yes. you know, it's Jim Sterling or Young or, you know, the the layman guys it, or just fill in the blank, right? There's a bunch of them that yeah. we all listen to. Um, they've done a good job of putting information out there making us informed especially the 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 harder harder core uh, audience mm-hmm. so you know if we decide to give them money and some of us some of us still decide to you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and make that purchase because this is a really cool skin yeah um 
then by all means, you know, just mm. don't, don't, don't be taken advantage of, right? It's just yes. a cosmetic item. It's not going to change how much fun you have in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just be yeah. smart. Yeah. And, and to me, there's a big difference between having a cash shop where, you know, it's a free to play game where you have these options to buy stuff and you make really cool stuff. And then people have good faith and goodwill towards the company and want to just spend money because, yeah. hey, this is awesome. This looks great. And it supports these people who are making this great experience. I have no problem with giving them, you know, however much money. But it's, it's a totally different situation when you're using these manipulation tactics. You're creating this artificial scarcity to push people to, to buy stuff. And it, it just, it just to me, comes off as, as just good old-fashioned EA tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's always that fear, respawn, being a part of EA. There, there is no doubt whatsoever. Respawn is EA. It's, it's the same company. Yeah. At at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the same company. So don't, don't ever fool yourself into thinking, well, this, this is for respawn. I trust respawn. That's fine. You can trust respawn, but at the end of the day, they are EA. Mm-hmm. They belong and, to EA for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, the reason why will kind of push me to even talk about this to begin with was this, uh, this last article here that I, that I found on, on a uh, medium.com. And it was, it was just kind of a cataloging this back and forth between the developers and customers on uh, the subreddits. There's some developers, uh, DK05 and Jay Fresh. They had some back and forth with people because obviously after they had this this quote unquote apology post, people revolted. They're like, no, you're still doing the same thing. As a matter of fact, you're spending like 200. You're actually spending more money here than with the first system. You know, what are you actually apologizing for if you're just going to charge us more in the end? So people are calling them out. They're upset. And these these two particular developers, they're on Reddit and they're calling, they're they're basically saying that the majority of the player base are freeloaders. Mm-hmm. They're just getting stuff for free, and and we know calling someone a freeloader is is derogatory. Uh, they were attacking people's intelligence by just being snarky and stuff, and they're using all kinds of other insults. They're just being inflammatory towards the player base. They may have specifically been trying to revolt against a, a specific uh, poster or something like that, but they made no uh, they made no doubt uh, how they felt about the player base, and it just kind of disgusted me. Just the fact that they were just lumping a lot of people together, just people who play their game and aren't giving them money, calling them freeloaders and saying, you know what, I don't know. It was just. It just left such a bad taste in my mouth. I just made me just think, you know what? I don't, I don't even want to resport, respawn at this point. It made me think, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to buy that Star Wars game that comes out unless it's like 20 bucks or yeah. something like. Well, certainly, certainly they're being uh, super adversarial. And I know you, like you're, you're keeping it clean, right? For our, yeah. for our audience. But it, it really is like the language that they use is, um, Completely inappropriate. I mean, so inappropriate that, you know, it exceeds the comfort level that you have putting it on our podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that alone, I mean, does warrant sort of folks kind of paying attention to being like, you know, what, what's happening here? You know, what what are what are we doing? You know, I think, yes, gamers, we are a fickle bunch, but 
I also think that when we sit here and we look at everything that we just presented, right? 170 yeah. bumped up to $200, uh, you know, before you can even think about getting this item. I mean, that's, and that's an expensive, uh, uh, ticket price, right? Yeah. So, and regardless, you could tell me that this cosmetic item costs $5. It only costs five, $5, but. You can't even buy this until you spend 200 of your dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like then it's like, come on, that's, that's yeah. so you can't use language, adversarial language to respond to folks being upset over that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's good on you for calling them out, man. Yeah. In in my mind, you know, I, I am a customer, right? Yeah. And if you're providing a service or you're creating a product and you want me to buy it, the last thing you want to do is insult me. Right. Because if you do that, I'm just going to leave mm-hmm. and I'll go somewhere else and I'll tell my friends about it. It's, it's like uh it's, it's insane to me. Like this mm-hmm. is absolutely insane. And I think, I think respawn needs to really get themselves together here. And I think they need to make an actual apology, especially for these developers here who are just, uh, pretty much acting like they're drunk. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, uh, I mean, I think in the private sector, certainly, uh, well, that is the private sector, but, uh, <laughs> uh I mean, look at you and I, Manny, if we interacted with either one of our customers like that, we yeah. would not have a job tomorrow. I yeah. Mean, that's no. just the fact, you know? So yeah. And, and, and rightly so, because mm-hmm. people don't Absolutely. deserve to be treated like this. Not at all. Well, any, that was a great show, buddy. Dude, it's, <laughs> it is always fun to hang out with you. I think, look, these are stories that pop up here and there. You know, we, yeah. we have to cover them just because, you know, we, we like to keep our friends informed. But I feel like, and we mentioned it on our last show, right? There's a lot of stuff coming up uh, over the horizon. And, and I'm sure we're going to get back to our normal, cheerful, good news selves. Dude, uh, yes. Here, here shortly. Next week is I believe we're covering Gamescom, which is going to be amazing. So I can't wait. Yes, sir. I am excited. (laughs) So everybody, thanks for hanging with us. Even even sometimes when our shows are a little bit focused on the negative of the industry, uh, that's what we do. You know, we just try to, our best of our abilities, recap what's going on in the gaming world to keep everybody informed. So thanks for hanging with us. And thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate you giving to us to help make this possible. And if you have any feedback for us whatsoever, and like I said, I, I could have got some maybe some of the numbers wrong or some of the words wrong. Feel free to correct us if you want. Just go to GamingAdventureClub.com and you can leave your feedback right there. So everyone, until next time, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. <laughs>